0: Welcome back to You Can't Win. This is Tom here, and I'm joined by Donald, as usual. We have returning guest Ed Buck, the number one super spreader. He's back, and we're going to be talking a little bit about talk radio. And I suppose that we should also be talking about the Andrew Gillum stuff that's been going on. So you were just telling me about the the photos that were on uh, Tariq Nasheed's Twitter page. He was sharing those.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's that. really the place for all your Andrew Gillum needs. Yeah, I just wanted, I think it's a good moment to teach all young men about consent. I think that's really <laughs> the upshot of all this stuff is consent, how important consent is. Look it up, will you?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I I mean, to be honest, I don't know much about what's going on with that. I know that, so who, who was Andrew Gillum? He was some kind of government guy i i really don't know who that was even but he got caught up in some kind of gay sex meth thing or whatever and died
1: no he didn't uh yeah he's (laughs) he's alive sadly Uh, he was the gubernatorial candidate in florida against DeSantis. i think is the governor Mm -hmm. and he was the democrat and like very hyped but i think the main thing he was known for is his like real strong support for uh the uh, anti-government protest in Venezuela, he was, like, huge on board with it. Okay. Uh, You know, he, like, there's photos of him with uh, Guaido or whatever. And, yeah, it's just... That was, like, his big thing, I think, for me, at least. That's where I saw him. Mm. Yeah, he ran as, like, a
2: populist kind of thing. Like, he, he, he was supported by the Bernie wing, and he won the primary, and it was, like, a very tight primary, like, really, you know conflicted and then bernie sort of went out on a limb for him and stuff and you know then he was hyped as like this guy that might be like a great you know new if a populist governor who's going on the left on things and and then uh he lost and then also after and yeah, then after he lost he just sort of you know the threads started showing kind of thing everything started he just you know like he everyone was like oh yeah he took I a guess. little r and r i guess <laughs> yeah, yeah and then uh yeah, and he, uh, you know, happily married with kids and all that, and then uh, it turned out that, yeah, I don't know. And you saw the pictures of the the escorts, whatever. No, so that, those I've were... seen
1: those. Like those came out the day of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were, but uh, they they saw the pictures of what happened in the hotel yeah. room allegedly. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: oh wait, so is the black guy in those pictures? Is that him or is that not him?
1: That's, that's him. him. Or allegedly, that's him. That's him. Allegedly, okay.
0: Yeah. Allegedly. And so, so Bernie <laughs> was backing him up. He was he was like a Berniecrat kind of a guy, like a AOC you, sort yeah. of thing. Uh, he, was, he, I was, mean, he was. he was
2: he was in that direction
1: more than other people, but he wasn't like full on. But yeah, he's Florida, so he was you know not like that, but about as much as you can be, and he's black in a Republican state. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well. Oh well. Uh, oh well. Yeah
1: that happens. Yeah, you know how another one of those (laughs) just keeps happening. (laughs) I wonder why that keeps happening. (laughs) The real lesson is consent. Right. Anyway, yeah.
0: Anyway, so uh, (laughs) you said uh, you've been listening to a lot of like conservative talk radio. Is that right? Or at least to one particular guy that you thought was interesting to talk about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, when I was a kid, I used to listen to a lot of conservative talk radio, but, um, I kind of returned to it recently. Um, there was like a, I was on a drive, went on a work trip and those trips kind of take all day. It's like a 12 hour round trip. We drive to a place and then come back. (laughs) And, um, on the drive back, we didn't really have, there was no FM radio. We didn't have anything. It was a rental car. So we had to listen to something and we were on AM radio and Michael Savage was on and Michael Savage was my favorite like conservative talk radio guy because his show started immediately after my school ended. So I would <laughs> drive home. I would listen to Savage and he was like, he is the best of that, like crop of conservative talk radio guys because he has, he's this like Jewish New York guy who lives in San Francisco. And he has this, like, it's a very different voice from, like, Rush. Rush has this booming kind of um, uh, huge voice. And Savage has a kind of a smaller presence. And uh, he is good because he, like, he's like the rebel of them all. He kind of hates them all. He hates, like, Hannity. He has, like, all these nicknames for Hannity, for Rush, for uh, Alex Jones, and for um, uh, um, Glenn... Uh, Yeah, Glenn Beck, like all of those guys, he just, Mm -hmm. he has like this acidic kind of personality. And uh, hearing him on the drive back, and this was like at night, at sundown, driving through like um, East Texas. And it was just like heavy um, static. And uh, there was like fading in of AM music, AM radio, like mariachi music. And it was like being in hell. And this, like, man, (laughs) which I imagine, like, being in hell would be like this. And it was, like, this man just yelling about, I think it was Robert Mueller, being possibly gay. And it was just good. Like, it was just uh, kind of all the memories came rushing back of the, like, the siege years of the Obama years. Because he was one of the people that, like, went insane whenever Obama did anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I remember listening to a clip of him talking about how the Holocaust wouldn't have happened if all the Jews in Europe had guns and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah, that I, kind I, of stuff is strong. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I I, know what you mean. Like, he, he's a little bit more unhinged. Like, he's almost kind of like Alex Jones' level of energy. Uh, yeah. But, but he he's actually, more I focused think... on, like, the, you know, like, DC politics and that whole, that whole beat, you know?
1: Yeah, so he does this thing, I think, he's like a ethno uh, botanist by training. Like he he went to Fiji and he did like research on, on different strains of uh, like plants and how they were used in indigenous medicine. Like today he could do like a decent racket doing that, like kind of being the indigenous medicine guy. And in the nineties, he was like a health nut. And then post nineties, he became this um, yeah. Like he, he kind of, use that for some reason to transition into being really anti government and really anti um like affirmative action equal protection that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh that's his kind of background, but he is also all of the other things of like all the conservative things. But um the health nut stuff is always like constant. He's always like during the coronavirus stuff this is his like forte. He was born for this. Because yeah. uh, he was uh, on the front lines of, of like, oh, yeah, they're going to release the virus. The Chinese are going to release the virus. He wrote a novel called, um, no, it's called The Countdown to Mecca, <laughs> <laughs> which you might be interested in. But it's basically the Chinese, I think, like down uh, a plane over the Caspian Sea and release like weaponized Ebola and infect the whole world, infect America with it. And this was in 2015. He kind of released this. Wow. Uh, Yeah, he's uh, a prophet of our time. Yeah, really. (laughs) uh, But the thing that he like really is really into the all the coronavirus updates from a while back because Trump wasn't really taking it seriously. A lot of other people weren't really taking it seriously. And he went like ballistic on it because, you know, like it's the selling out of all the, you know, Americans, you know are being lied by the Chinese you know yeah is, is he is he in on like the event
0: 201 stuff are you familiar with that
1: no I don't know what that is so
0: event 201 is a simulated event right like I think Bill Gates the Bill Gates Foundation and John Hopkins and probably some other people maybe even the World Health Organization they kind of ran this simulation.
1: To see oh yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen that. I've seen the. Is this was this like in the news recently.
0: It may have been in the news. It's been in the uh, the Reddit 4chan news. If you know <laughs> <it>. <laughs> oh, the real news. <laughs> yeah, not the fake news. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it it basically people are saying like it perfectly predicts what's happening now. Like, it, of course, it's you know it's obvious that they plan this whole thing, and uh, I mean, it's slightly different and. You know, it doesn't Mm -hmm. make any sense that they would, like, do this publicly and tell us about it and then, like, have it happen months later and stuff. But, yeah, I don't know. That that seems to be a big conspiracy nut thing right now.
1: I think I saw this on Twitter. I think the New York Times reported on this recently. They, like, found the Reddit thread or whatever, which is a lot of, like, reportages. Like, you go on Reddit, you find, like, the crazy guys, uh, and you follow up on that. Um, But, yeah, Yeah. I think they found it. They found the, like, simulation report. The PDF, and -hmm. they posted it on the Times website. Um, And yeah, like that's. I think the the simulation, the one I saw was flu. It wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't SARS or whatever. But it was like the same like level of devastation or whatever, and you know everything comes to a halt. We have to, you know, quarantine everyone.
0: Right, FEMA camps, all the good stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah, all that stuff. Which I always like. I always like the FEMA stuff because it'd be funny if actually it happened and like, because like every like measure of regulation is controlled by state governments until the governor says, Oh yeah, you got to stay in home. The federal government can't really do anything. Like they can't force you to, um, it'd be funny if they actually tried to like, like actually try to like weaponize their FEMA power or what. Uh, I know.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, if they like declared martial law and really tried to keep everyone inside, like, made it illegal to leave your house or something like that. I I just don't see that happening. You know, like I really don't know how they'd be able to do that.
2: They actually have, they have uh, so far in Ontario, I saw that they just passed a like ordinance or law or something that said uh, they're actually enforcing social distancing by like fines and stuff. Like they can, they can, uh, you know, if you, you can get uh, hit by, you know, the police can stop you if you uh, try to, you know if, you, if you're like in a crowd or something like that so and they actually the premier like there was like a lineup for animal crossing you know like you had to you had to get mm. it that day kind of thing and the premier like flipped out and was like we're gonna stop this we're gonna stop people like congregating and all that kind of thing I think in Canada number one uh, you know the gun control is probably a bit tighter so and then number two uh, we're more passive so that's
1: why we uh, would give up our liberty like that so yeah <laughs> Yeah, Savage was big on, like, people giving up their liberty. Um, <laughs> yeah. I listened to the Friday's episode uh, to figure out, like, how he's taking this. And he was just losing it at, like, because it wasn't Trump that did it because it was governors. So it was um, uh, Cuomo and uh, Newsom who did the, um, like, enforcing social distancing. Yeah, yeah so he which was is a smart it.
0: move on Trump's part.
1: Like politically, you know? Politically. Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm not sure if it was a smart move, but... uh, No, 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 yeah, politically it's very smart. Yeah. Whenever we run that election in November, (laughs) I'll be really... (laughs) With whatever, with uh, 5% dead, uh, which I guess is like 20% of the voters dead will be...
0: They'll just flip a coin, you know?
1: Yeah. Like they're doing now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. to build the bergs or we'll flip a coin yeah um the thing that actually i was like looking for savage clips for the clips of michael savage and the youtube channel that collects the clips his uh, avatar was uh the stressor flag oh nice <laughs> <laughs> and his username was lone capital all right which is, which is how you know you're, you're in good territory i was like yes yes we're back (laughs) this is the (laughs) good stuff but uh yeah so like i don't know like i I find what makes a lot of the talk radio conservative talk radio good is that it's very unstructured and Mm -hmm. if your exposure to it is through essentially like clips of like um i think right-wing watch like media matters used to do these like clips of what crazy thing that Rush said today, you don't really get the experience of it um, because it's a lot more unstructured and a lot more like uh, almost like boring and day-to-day because you can't talk about like the big political thing for more than 15 minutes because you kind of run out of things to say, especially if you're not a Washington guy. So if you're just like a a dude uh, living in California... And you're not really close with any politicians, you know, like on a sort of, you're not behind the scenes. You can't really say much. And if you don't really care about policy, you can't really say much. So they end up doing these long protracted, like hours long kind of free association dives into whatever like matters to them. And Savage is like super into health. So he would like go on like, Oh yeah. Apples, you know, you gotta eat apples because if you don't eat apples, your body stops producing these like, you know, whatever phytochemicals that make you young. So the Japanese, you know, they're split down the middle. Some of the Japanese eat fish and some of the Japanese eat apples. And, you know, you just go on like this, like he can do that for like hours. He could just go into like, oh, yeah, like you got to eat this or you got to think about like, you can't smoke unless it's like Tuesday or whatever. And (laughs) (laughs) I always like that. Uh, And it kind of flows very seamlessly into plugs. Because he does like plugs for a lot of health stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really like you're just like zoning in and you're just like, yeah, yeah, I got to eat apples. I got to go buy apples now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it's like, it's. you also pick up the little like things that he says. It's like um, whenever you don't have something to say on the topic, it kind of comes up like what he said, even if you don't agree with it. Uh, you just still like that's your background that's that's how you know Andrew Gillum as the sex freak you don't really know him as the other (laughs) thing right Uh, as the democrat pervert sex freak Uh, (laughs) these things are like stack up they're like um, ammunition clip in your head they just they could just come off very quickly Uh, (laughs) your experience of it doesn't really it's not really the sort of Habermasian communication with the person where like you come to it with preconceived like values and then you just talk with a person try to agree with them try to find the like the points of agreement and consensus it's more like it just kind of flows into you and fills you up mm-hmm. you're like a garbage can and it fills you and it just uh the little things are the ones like the things that you don't really it's not the big overarching like political points it's the little like uh audio quirks of conversation that sticks with you um that's what i like it that's i like the little the cute little things
0: yeah i remember when i used to listen to a lot of opie and anthony that mm-hmm. a lot of their like they all kind of had a very similar way of talking in uh, like especially when they were like uh, roasting each other and stuff like that you oh, know yeah. like just like calling each other stupid like the way they would say oh, stupid yeah. kind of just up. like shut up yeah 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 <laughs> and uh, yeah that that sort of like it, it yeah, I know what you mean. Like it kind of becomes like your background in a weird way because it's like three, four hours every day. Mm. You know, that's a good chunk of the day of just this like very, this very specific kind of energy that you're <laughs> like putting in your brain. You know what I mean? Um, there's a, a podcast I have been on and off listening to recently called No Agenda, mm. and it's Adam Curry, the old. MTV VJ, no. and uh, John C. Dvorak, like the computer guy.
1: Well, the guy that invented the keyboard?
0: Yeah, I think. I'm pretty sure that's oh. who it is. Okay. Um, so they are like... So Curry, I guess, was really rich for a while. Mm-hmm. And so he has interesting stories about like how he bought a castle in Europe and had helicopters and you know all this kind of stuff. And uh, Dvorak is just like living out, I think he's in California and Curry's in Austin, Texas. Oh. Um, but they're like really into uh, this sort of like libertarian kind of mentality. like they're not oh, yeah. into like libertarian economics and politics exactly no, they're just
1: they're just like pedophilia. <laughs> well, yeah, you can, you can keep yeah the maybe. That, that, economics. <laughs> I'll just have the good stuff, the well, other it, good stuff. It's
0: interesting though, because they they talk about things like MMT sometimes, and they oh, yeah? aren't a hundred percent against it. They they kind of have this like really doofy boomery approach to everything, where they're kind of like they're too smart doofy. for everything. You know what I mean? so they they don't they they like Trump but they don't think he's very good at the same time like they'll criticize him but then like anyone who criticizes Trump besides them they'll kind of act like no 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 you don't get it like we're yeah, the ones yeah. that have the actual criticism so it's kind of interesting just to see what what they're saying about corona they are basically on the side of it being like a hoax and it being okay. overblown and stuff I, I've actually noticed that with a lot of different podcasts I basically listen to mainly like comedians podcasts and stuff and they all are you know they just yeah on the hoax train basically like and i kind of understand that you know their profession is entertainment and all of the venues are shut down and it really hurts them personally on a financial level that this is happening so uh, if they don't actively you know they're just not saying it just to like get people to keep going to shows, there might be just like some part of them that is like wanting to believe that it's not true or something. You know what I mean? But uh, wouldn't it be
1: worse though? Wouldn't it be worse mean? if it's not true? Like, wouldn't it be worse if like, I don't know, liberals just invented coronavirus and they just like shut everything down. Like, wouldn't that be like a worse world for you as a comedian? Like they could just like fuck with you whenever they want. I don't know.
0: I I think they're just thinking about like, people should just go out to the clubs and, buy yeah. tickets you know what i mean okay. I, I don't think right. it. they're thinking in terms of like <laughs> which right. conspiracy is true you know okay That's but funny. i don't know it's just interesting i really haven't heard a lot besides like the kind of lefty politics of like people that we follow on twitter and that whole circle mm-hmm. you know uh i i really haven't seen a lot of people taking it super seriously in the podcasting and radio world
2: i was thinking that it'd be kind of strange though that if uh, in retrospect If people were listening to, like, say, the AM conservative radio since, like, Obama, and they started doing all these things because they were expecting FEMA camps and all this stuff, so they, you know, they started stockpiling all these goods and, and, uh, you know, living out in a rural area that was self sustained and all this kind of stuff. And, then that was like the basis of like the new civilization because they were the ones that were actually prepared for everything. And you That's know, like their, works. their views of like random right wing yeah. stuff didn't even like really matter at the end of the day because, you know, and then some Democrat comes in and the Democrats like, all, oh, you know, handling things badly and the cities are just collapsing and stuff. And these people are like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, you know, we stockpiled uh, military rations for years. So we're, we're good have fun cities like you know uh, you laughed at us before but now we're uh we're on top now so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
0: i was thinking in the shower this morning that <laughs> like you know yep. those sh- those shower thoughts uh you know how like blue check marks and, and all these kind like we kind of see now very much so more than like in the past how just stupid and vapid all these people are that get publicity and get kind of highly visible you know we, we just sort of see through a lot of that stuff i mean I, i'm not yeah. saying like we're the first people in the world to ever do that but it's just so much more obvious now than it has been in well, the speak past for, yourself. <laughs> oh, speak for yeah. yourself i'm a big fan of blue check marks <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm
1: a big fan of um the vox guys matthew iglesias a big fan of his yeah he's great uh, he's good yep i just trust everything he says a man with that face you can't i I i've a i've like this weird sense that
0: the uglier and dumber looking they are like it kind of like proves how smart they are like it's like there's got to be a reason this your guy that looks like that (laughs) is out talking to you right it must be because of his brain and not because of how he looks because like why would you choose this person
1: yeah that's like it's like why would you ever talk to an ugly person like why would what would be the reason (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what would be the reason? What would be the reason to put this guy on, on TV? It must right. be knowledge. It must be wisdom. Yeah, and then they what just you were talk thinking? really fast.
0: Yeah, so my, my theory is that like there's like a um the you know, like there's the great man theory. I was thinking of like the blue check mark theory of history. That yep. it's just instead of like there's great men that kind of lead historical movements and stuff like that, it's it's just like the blue check mark that kind of pushes things forward it's whoever can just get enough attention and kind of like gather enough people up in the kind of like a frenzy and then that just kind of that pushes society forward it's not necessarily having anything to do with like their will or their competence in a certain way or anything like that it's just that they got enough attention that people headed in that direction you know kind of like a like lemmings or something you know they just followed the leader
1: like sheep the sheep is the right analogy yeah
0: yeah <laughs> like the sheeple, sheeple theory
1: that's right <laughs> uh, i think uh i don't know i always think of like you know remember when ocasio Cortez just like started out i remember it was she was like in that gaggle of people who just like they would just retweet things like capitalism sucks uh yeah you know and and her and uh, the other one who was the other one julia carmel or whatever Julia... Yeah, I, I know who you mean. Yeah, Salazar. Yeah, yeah. I rem- Salazar. yeah, Salazar. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That woman... She, like, uh, disappeared.
0: Uh, what happened to her?
1: Oh, she's just in the Senate, I think. Oh. State uh, Senate, uh, yeah. I think the... Who's the player? Baseball player? that Keith Hernandez? I think he, uh, he like... I don't know. The strong Keith Hernandez wife lobby kept her down. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that was, like... A, that's an obscure reference to her. Apparently, having had an affair with Keith Hernandez. Uh, allegedly uh non actionable. Uh and uh trying to like hack their bank accounts, I think. Anyway. Yeah. I just remember like being completely unimpressed by these people and being like, no way they can win an election. There's no way there's gonna be representative Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Yeah. And mm, here we are. So I don't know. I don't I know mean, anything.
0: She's <laughs> not she's kind of popular in a national way like with a certain segment of the population across the country there's like you know that segment that likes her but i don't think she's even especially popular in her own state or anything
1: i don't Uh, know like because i see her like i've seen her on tv and i've seen her like everyone knows her where i am uh like conservatives know her because she's constantly on all their shit like they're constantly clipping her she is like um, she's the laughing stock. They like Photoshop her. And liberals know her because she's, you know, she's our cool new, you know, uh, politician. She's going to be the new Warren or whatever. So.
0: Yeah, but that's really disposable for both sides, I think. And, and yeah, that
1: but like. doesn't really mean that people care. That's how it works. How it works. They are, you know, they're disposable, but they end up winning, right? <laughs> it's like. It's, yeah, it's like, maybe. I don't know. Uh, You're right that I think that there's not really like a criterion of truth of like, you know, it doesn't really matter that you're right or um you're like, I don't know, popular in the right way. What matters is that there is like a feeling or spirit that like kind of moves people. It's like a string being, you know, uh, vibrating and a person just kind of randomly falls in and they are just, you know, they just say the right thing at the right time and immediately they are winning. Um but it's not really them, right? It doesn't really matter what they stand for. Uh, or it doesn't matter if they're sincere. It doesn't matter. anything. Nothing matters. Like, as long as you are just, like, randomly and disposably in the right place.
2: I don't know. I also feel like AOC is, like, she's, like, 30 years old or something, you know? And uh, yeah. it's, like, I, I think she'd be perfectly fine as just sort of a backbencher kind of, you know, like... Working her way up, learning stuff, whatever, in the even in just even in Congress, because compared to most of the other people in there, it's not like you know, it's not like she's a big step down from anyone else, kind of thing. But, uh, you know, it's a yeah, it's also probably a good sign that it reinforces my ageism on this kind of stuff, like where <laughs> I'm like, maybe there is a reason why you don't want like a 30 year old in charge of like. The banks or whatever, you know what I mean? Like I don't know, like just reverse everything. libertarianism. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, exactly. But uh,
0: well, um, I don't know. There, there's 30 year olds that might be able to do a good job. You know, like I, I think she in particular is. She's just not a a. I I just don't think yeah, she's a ahead. very competent person. Basically, she you just, don't like a yeah, woman in yeah. charge you don't like a woman a (laughs) strong woman speaking of mind yeah you like that
2: (laughs) no no no, i think Uh, yeah i think she'd be fine for like helping out kind of thing you know like with everything else like i think that she'd be fine as like 400 one of the other 435 people kind of thing in in uh congress or like uh the house but it's just uh in like a rational side. it's just that like you know in this in this particular thing she's like going up against people who are like you know uh chuck schumer or something you know what i mean like just just total schlub kind of people so i don't know i understand why she gets a bit more attention then because she just sounds
1: wouldn't more be, like young people so yeah wouldn't it be so so funny if she was the one selling off stock like after hearing about the yeah, like whatever the intelligence committee hearing <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that would be good and she was the one like selling five million of her, I don't know, of her stock in in like all the uh, businesses and buying Purell stock. <laughs> yeah, that would just yeah, be yeah. fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be a great day to be on Twitter? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because that the guys, the would guys, not
0: surprise me to be honest.
1: No, and it would be great. Like it would be s- like it's like when Warren like accepted Super PAC money. It's just like yeah, that's exactly what everyone knew can it (laughs) happen. yeah yeah and but it would be that you know times like make it a thermonuclear like charge sure i mean i i would i would like nothing more like i would just love that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i wonder Uh, what
0: bernie's deep dark secret is you know all those people have something there's got to be something like i wonder what he did he might be jewish
1: I don't know. <laughs> it's just that. Not, like, yeah, all yeah, right, sure. fine, whatever. <laughs> you get it. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll I'm you. not sure, but there's a chance that <laughs> he is Jewish.
2: Yeah. Um, um, what were you saying about, like, uh, you know, the just the before about, like, talk radio, they just fill up the time and stuff with, and most of it is not that exciting. It reminded me of, like, uh, so Adam Carolla has kind of, mer- like, you know, shifted over to being he's trying to be more like of a right wing guy now kind of thing. It never really hmm. worked before because like he just, uh, he wasn't like his heart wasn't in it really for that kind of stuff. And I think now it's more kind of almost like the grifting end of things. You know, he does like all those like, uh, um, you know, online university or whatever kind of things like the, <laughs> the, the like scam things. Which is kind of funny because he's just like a carpenter. He's not like, uh, he's, you know, he's like t- talking about like how, you know capitalism is great or whatever and it's just
1: it's just him <laughs>
2: in his voice whatever and I'd love uh, to
1: go to like a lecture hall and professor shows up and it's Adam Carolla <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
2: i used to listen okay. to a lot of that like the love line whatever and uh, and his like early podcast and it was good back then like for like a sort of like a few years b- when he started getting really rich but he still was like, it was new to him. So he just, he started getting all these like right wing opinions, uh, just sort of ambiently kind of thing from his experiences in life. And it was good because most of the show is just him, you know, ridiculing teenagers and stuff. Right. Like just, just insulting everyone that comes on people that are like far below him too. So it's not even like fair in any way. It's just him. And then, uh, and then he would start getting on like a jag about like how for like, you know, 20 minutes about like why he had this theory that like, uh, the city should be like extra nice to him because he, he pays more in tax so that he thought that like they should like garbage collection, which should come like twice a week to his house because he pays more and all this kind of stuff. So he had all these like nascent right-wing ideas that didn't really jive with like the other right-wing stuff. Cause you know, like other people are more, you know, Oh, I hate like Islam or Mexican immigrants mm-hmm. and stuff like that. He would kind of zero in on like a sub, Like, not really, you know, it wouldn't be, like, you know, I hate Islam or something that, or, like, I hate Mexicans. He would just talk about, like, Mexican, like, Ranchero music, and so he went, like, on (laughs) and on about, like, Ranchero music for, like, about, like, how it's the worst music ever invented and all this kind of stuff. So, it was all kind of, like, adjacent to right-wing thought, but it wasn't, like, actually right-wing. It was just kind of this, you know, it was just this weird kind of floating thing about, like, how, I don't know, it just, and, uh... yeah, and then so it kind of informed the conversations he had because he had all these, like, weird prejudices about all these different things. Like, uh, you know, like, a lot of it was misogynistic, but, like, in a very, like, funny way. Like, he had, I always, like, one of the best bits that he always had was uh, uh whenever a, a young woman would call, uh, or, like, you know, like, he, he would get into this mode where he just decided that the young women calling didn't know anything about history so that he would get them to... was <laughs> he, he wrong. Would, <laughs> he was never wrong actually but this is so, so he would uh he would say uh you know name one plane that was used in world <laughs> war ii on either side right and uh he would he go <laughs> he would like get into his mind right that this is what's going to happen and it's like you know it's not like an edited show really right so it's just like it's just it, this is this is what happened In the, you know, it's not like he was making it up and then editing it together or whatever. So he would he would run through the calls, like he'd have like the list of calls, right? He would he would go, okay. He's like caller uh and a woman uh you know would answer and then he'd be like, Okay, name one plane, and then they wouldn't be able to do it. And he just went through the whole list and then like the last person would be like a guy, he would like pick a guy, and it was like a 17 year old guy or something, and he's like, Okay, name a plane uh and they were like on what side and they're like no, no no either side just tell me a plane and they'd be like okay so <laughs> Spitfire, Junker, junk or whatever you know just kind of like they just start listing them and uh, <laughs> I always thought that was so funny because it's like <laughs> he was like ah, totally shit. vindicated whenever uh, he did that I don't know
1: no that's great um on ONA um they would do this uh like Patrice would do this also like he would just like get like a. Uh, a guy and a woman. On his show, too, he'd do that, too. Like, he'd get, like, a guy and a woman and ask them questions, and the guy would know the answers, and the woman wouldn't. I like that. <laughs> yeah. He also had, like, this whole thing about, like, uh,
2: trade workers would call in, and so he used to do, he was, like, a licensed carpenter or whatever, or something like that, and before he got into radio, and people would call in and be like, oh, I'm a carpenter or whatever, and he would ask them, like, the most basic questions about carpentry like just just like how high does the door hang and all this kind of stuff and and on a standard frame or whatever and just just anything like that and they would never know like whatever like they would just never you know like once in a while they would and then he'd be like okay you know that's that's not bad kind of thing or something but Okay. okay yeah
1: yeah uh he had a show he had a tv show called to catch a contractor oh really uh yeah, yeah, and it was, uh, I think great. MTV, or VH1, one of those, and it was, like, a reality show where he would, like, go to a place that got, like, fucked over by a bad contractor, yeah, and he and another guy would be, like, fixing the things and bringing the guy in, like, the, the, the gun, the one that fucked up. they would be, like, shaming him. Hey, look at this door. Look at how this load this hangs. It's, like, it's complete, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's creaking all the time. You got to fix it.
2: Yeah, 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 that's good. <laughs> if that's the kind of thing he's doing, like, that's... It's almost like you want to find the place in society that you can place a guy with that so that he's not like doing his like hateful stuff, but like the hateful stuff is directed towards like door frames or something, right? Like you don't <laughs> want them like, yeah, you don't want that guy going off on like FEMA camps or something. You want him like uh, making fun of, uh, you know, people not knowing what a rifle that was used in Vietnam was or something like that kind of thing. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Look at... You know, Gavin McInnes or Anthony Cumia, as soon as you start complaining about their comedy and whatever they're doing, you kind of leave them with nothing but politics. And then they just kind of go all in on that and go way off the deep end. Yeah. Although Anthony Cumia was always a little bit like, I don't know, he he even started down that road while he was on Opie and Anthony. So I think that was kind of. Oh, yeah, he started.
1: He was all the way in. like When Obama got elected, <laughs> he went thermonuclear. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. listened to those shows. He and was it Nick De They it. were like they were <laughs> shocking. <laughs> Listen to that stuff. It's it's way worse, I think, than conservative talk radio.
0: Yeah, honestly, yeah. I've been <laughs> watching some old uh Tough Crowd's shows, and that oh, yeah? was on in like 2003 and 2004. Oh, yeah. And it's really interesting just to see the way people were talking about things back then.
1: You know, it's just. <laughs> about gay people? <laughs> is, that, um, is that a thing? That comes
0: up sometimes. But
1: okay. what's really
0: interesting is a lot of the same sort of culture war topics come up, like. Um, there was a, there was one time when Patrice went down to an Iraq war protest and he was just like interviewing oh, yeah. random protesters. And there was a girl who was protesting for sex workers, uh, something, oh, earlier, so, something about sex workers. And I was like, wow, that seems like such a 2020, 2019 Twitter thing. But mm-hmm. there it was in 2003 on the street. In the wild. And in the wild, yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of it is obviously around like the Iraq War and 9 11. And so the anti Muslim stuff is, you know, it's pretty much what I remember that time being like. But it's more the, the things that I didn't, that don't have like, that like iconic kind of feel to it that seemed really interesting to, to just see what people were saying. Because people were more, a little bit more candid about stuff like race and. Uh, you know lgbt or gender stuff yeah
1: candid uh, is a word for it
0: (laughs) well well i mean it's not it's really not that different from how people talk about it on like podcasts and stuff it's just not how you would talk about it on comedy central today yeah yeah.
1: no i like that i'm I'm not like shooting it down it's good they should be talking about this like you know because that's how they think
0: yeah i i agree i really don't think it's such a big deal but it's it's just interesting to see that like a lot of the things that people are doing now that seems so novel is like really not even that novel i don't know
1: yeah i think like the pc stuff was like completely dominating the airwaves since the 90s like the anti-pc pro pc kind of like those discussions yeah they're like stagnant they're like it's the same things that they were saying in like mid 90s it's the same things that both sides are saying in 2000s they're still saying the same things on twitter today um, yeah
0: it feels like that stuff's kind of peaked or something and we're kind of like getting over the hump or something
1: i don't think so like i mean like it's a new york times like i mean for michael savage he's still saying like pc culture today like last like yesterday <laughs> so like it's being like like it's like a pandemic it's, a <laughs> uh, it's like or endemic it's like it's it's like being like reintroduced into the system so like Brett Stevens or whatever published the thing about Woody Allen and it says like cancel culture and that's being like recycled. So, like, whatever boomer that still reads like New York Times and like eagerly opens it to Brett Stevens' opinion column, he's going to be like, Oh, what's cancel culture? And he's going to tell that to his kids. And you know, like, it's just going to be like there forever. Like, if the internet doesn't end, I think people will be discussing in some form this like censorship, online censorship forever. Like, it will never end.
0: Yeah, you might be right about that.
1: And in in the same terms, like it's exactly the same. There's like a, I I, uh, watched a uh, Jimmy Norton clip from ONA, him like complaining about feminists about, I think it was like eat, pray, love Mm -hmm. and a feminist calls in and they have like a, an argument and it sounds like an argument you would have today. It's just like, well, I think women, you know, like whenever women are having fun, whenever they're expressing themselves, that's, you know, that's, that's good. Uh, that should be on TV all the time. And he's like, you know, it's just PC culture, whatever. Like, that's the same. The arguments are the same. The positions right. being taken are the same.
0: Um, yeah, it's amazing. Like, People don't get bored of it, you know?
1: Oh, you don't get bored because you get paid for it. <laughs> I think that's another thing. <laughs> yeah, is, uh, that's my position is like, why would you like talk about something if you don't get paid for it? Like, if you, <laughs> it's it's, I've kind of like, I lost a lot of interest I used to have because I'm like, unless you can make a grift out of it, unless you're able to kind of get paid for it, it's like a mental illness. It's like a monomania. Unless you're able to kind of sustain yourself or to have like some sort of rewards coming to you in any like reasonable way, like why care? Um, It's more like, especially if it's something so small as like something someone said on Twitter. Um, Right. But it's not working very well.
0: Just wanted to plug the Patreon real quick. You guys should subscribe for a (laughs) second episode every week. That's right.
1: The the, the lesson, I think, of like right-wing radio is that they're able to so seamlessly like dip in and out. Like it doesn't feel like a grift. Like they're all grifters. They're all like, they all have 50 online universities and they're selling 20 different types of Viagra supplements. Uh, And uh, I think Alex Jones is particularly like uh, like crude, he's like a crude version of that, but yeah. all of them are like open grifters. Like they're just making money, and it's it's not like a joke to them. they will just figured out ways to do that, and that's why they keep talking and keep saying the same thing over and over. It's not it's kind of stupid. Like it's a stupid thing to say. Like oh yeah, you get paid for it, so you you're saying it. But that is like the relationship.
0: Yeah, I, I guess that's right. I just realized. I wonder what is going to happen to Jordan Peterson over in Russia. With all this corona stuff going around.
1: You don't yeah. think he's dead? You don't think he's been dead for like Oh,
0: like Osama bin Laden style? Like-
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like burial at sea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, maybe. I I haven't really thought about much. it to be honest. He was yeah, about to exactly. break the
1: news on coronavirus. And yeah, Jeffrey he, Epstein.
0: He had some Jungian insight into Yeah, like the, the coronavirus is the big Epstein cover up. That that's an idea I had that
1: the guy the people i love on twitter this is a thing that i have now like uh are the people who are like quirky conspiracy theory guys Mm -hmm. and it was like epstein all like you know all hands on deck epstein for four months and all of that's gone i guess no one cares about little saint james anymore and they just like they just tweet about coronavirus now it's just like they were like so certain that this is the key (laughs) this is the this is the thing that unlocks it finally we we are so close to the global pedophile conspiracy yeah i
0: I had really mixed feelings about that because on the one hand i was like kind of happy that uh, all right so this is you know becoming a acceptable topic of conversation you know this is something that people are like allowed to talk about now in the open and not be considered crazy and then it quickly kind of spun itself into like the meme territory where it was just like okay people are now way too into this to the point where they're just gonna kind of burn out on it and you say it lasted four months it felt to me more like one month
1: no it was a long time (laughs) that's the thing is that like we're like i mean our lives are swimming down the drain but like it was uh everywhere for one for months it was like on fox news every day they would talk about anyway
0: yeah i mean i guess time is shrinking right now so yeah yeah like all right, so uh, should we get to the questions? Does that sound good, sure. you guys? Yep. Okay. All right. Um, oh, this will be a good one for you, Mr. Ed Buck. Uh, what are some of your favorite movies?
1: Uh, I had to do this like, because at, at work they were like, well, we're all closed in now, so let's all solicit our top two, uh, and we'll put it in a Google Doc. Um, And I had like had like an autistic moment where I was like, oh, hold on. This has to be me. And then I just kind of figured out, oh no, this, this is stupid. And I went to my, like I have a logging. It's not letterboxed. It's the one that was before letterboxed. It's called critiker And I just picked the two off the top. Um, mm-hmm. uh, because I was like, oh, hold on. This might be too dark. And this might be too, you know. Uh, I don't really have like a, a top movie. I kind of lost interest in, um, like criticism I kind of I now believe that the there's like a Sartrean thesis about consciousness that like the reflexive consciousness is not consciousness or it's not the same as the one that actually like observes um the world and I think like whenever you reflect on your like having watched a movie or read a book you're not really like recovering anything you're producing a new thing like it's it's like you're kind of like composing a new like object as opposed to like having kind of a good recollection of things so I'm I'm I don't know, die hard die hard one die hard two okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um,
0: what about anyway. you Donald do you have a favorite movie
2: yeah so uh, to be honest it's, it's probably something like a David Lean movie or something like um Lawrence of Arabia or something like of I, I, like being honest about it like I think that would be
1: it would probably be like something like that or like really? Dr. Fog or something Lawrence of Arabia honestly Orientalism yeah the white savior coming to yep. the Middle East
2: I don't know it's just it's a fun movie
0: mm.
1: <laughs> no that's good that's fine
0: <laughs> yeah um my, the the movie that comes to mind for me is like the most enjoyable movie that I've watched the most is probably How High, the, uh, the movie with Method Man and Red Man in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just okay. think that's really fun and funny. I haven't watched it in a long time, but that's probably my like favorite movie. And I pretty much enjoy every Terrence Malick movie. So you could put those two together, Terrence Malick movies yeah. and How High. And those are my favorite movies.
1: Have you seen the uh, the new one?
0: Uh what's the, the Quiet new one? Life?
1: The Quest Life?
0: No, no, I haven't. I think the last one I saw was Tree of Life.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> uh since then, uh Malick has been putting out a movie every year. Uh
0: Oh, wait. And... I saw like the first one after that with Ben Affleck, I think. Uh To the Wonder. Yeah, I don't know. They all kind of have the same title, you know. what
1: I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. very easily parodied. Uh, especially like this last era, era since Tree of Life, I think they're kind of all the same. But uh, the, the very recent one is I have a. I used to like it for like a month, and then I saw like all the, um, all the people that do like their whole accounts are like Sopranos screen caps every day. Mm-hmm. And like uncut jam screen caps, and all of them loved uh, the quiet life. So I don't like it anymore. It's bad. Yeah, <laughs> okay. nothing will
0: kill your enjoyment of something faster than those kinds oh, yeah. of accounts. Oh, yeah, know. uncut yeah,
1: Gems is like virus. Go ahead. I-,
0: I think one of the things I like about Malik is that he just he has a very formulaic thing that he has now, and it's just you know exactly what you're gonna get. So you know if you don't like it, like why would you watch it? You know, I, the, the all the, like, the whispered voiceover and the, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he has a style. But the thing about that is, like, why, like, how is, isn't that, like, death? Isn't that what death is like? It's just, like, end. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's just, like, putting out the same thing over and over. Yeah. Um,
0: I, I, I think he should try something different a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Like, oh, yeah. for his,
1: for his sake. Come on. Come on, Terrence. <laughs> Try a, a buddy comedy with Ben Affleck. <laughs> ben Affleck was into The Wonder.
0: I think he should do a Drew Carey movie and let Drew oh, Carey yeah. write it. Drew Carey oh, yeah. writes it and then he directs it.
1: Call it Starting Colin Quinn?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Colin Quinn would be great in that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We never got an update on Don's burgeoning weed habit. Is that edible oh, yeah. still just sitting in his room? Does he take it out at night and ponder the mysteries contained therein? Can we get a live app where he eats it and then goes to mass <laughs> or confession? Will our brother Khalid Sheikh Mohammed ever make it out of Guantanamo Bay? All this and more next week.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I haven't tried it yet. I haven't I haven't gone for it. Uh, it hasn't been a priority for me. I don't know. I just It's one of those things where it's like most things I get excited about it for like a week and then I just go, I forget about it and then uh, move on. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It didn't seem like a good idea to try, uh, um, change my mental state a bit during a uh, global health crisis. I don't know. I was like, maybe because if it's like, if it goes, if it goes in a bad direction, then it seems like it would, it would, uh, be a very bad at this point. So I don't know. I, I'm gonna maybe wait until uh, there's a vaccine out or something. So
0: a vaccine for weed or a vaccine for corona yeah both yeah
1: <laughs> is it the? is it like a is a brownie what kind of thing is it um it's pills yeah okay all right i thought it was like being like completely eaten up by mold no no no. Like yeah completely green <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> then you would really feel something yeah
1: <laughs> yeah makes it stronger <laughs>
0: All right, Donald. Uh, this one seems like it's going to be for you. Uh, so one thing I've been thinking about is the Lincoln Electric Company. Founder was a <laughs> Georgist. Is that Georgist or Georgist? Georgist, anyway, yeah. Georgist, who set up a trust that pays all employees a dividend based on a percent of profit, which it has 80-plus-year streak on. Last payout was 33 k Considering profit as stolen wages... Is making the setup mandatory a leftist or Marxist or whatever option for a reformist or an entrepreneur that has an idea but is skeptical of starting a co-op, i.e. has a clear vision and doesn't want to concede power? Basically thinking of a biz that requires additional labor so I don't have to work seven days a week but don't know enough people to run a co-op.
2: Yeah, I don't know that the the institutional side of it seems pretty secondary. If you've got a goodwill in that matter, kind of thing. You know I mean, if you like, if you can create a business and then make a lot of money and then give it to think people and causes that you think either helped you along the way or or you know what I mean, like you're probably not the problem in that thing. I I've kind of I do think like the institutional side of those things matters a lot, but uh, it's one of those things where I think goodwill probably goes pretty far with a lot of that stuff. Like, it's not like I don't think you can design a particular institution saying that, like, say, worker co-ops are going to be better in general or whatever. It's more like a culture of it because, like, you can find so many examples of co-ops that went haywire and all that. And the other thing is that, like, you know, I, I do think there's something there about, like, sort of almost like an OTR theory of capitalism or something there. I understand what he's saying, <laughs> but he wants to be able to, like, take total control, but uh, of like a business, but I don't know if that's where the future is on that kind of stuff. I don't really know if we're going to let people sort of go off and be founders and all that all the time in the future. I feel like probably that's going to change in some ways where people have more responsibility to stakeholders and that, but I don't know if, uh, yeah, I feel like in most cases, uh, the problems in the other direction, it's people who have very little goodwill towards their stakeholders that are going to be, uh, have to be kind of hammered into place, you know, it's not like, uh, I don't know. I think, yeah. And not only that, but a lot of things can kind of start off with good institutional sort of, or like, you know, goodwill and good thinking kind of thing. And then the experiences that happen after that lead them to, uh, you know, like there's so many things in the States or around the world where nonprofits have these huge foundations and all that. And then they sort of use that and become just hedge funds or whatever for, you know, private equity for like, uh, you know, they it's almost like the mission is secondary then. And they're just like a little capital unit kind of thing. So I don't know. So that's what I would say with that. The other thing is I would say is that Georgism is funny. I've seen people online, like in their Twitter profiles and stuff saying that like they're Georgists now and all these other things. It's like, it's like now, and you see like Proudhonists and all this stuff. It's like you're seeing like 19th century, Theories, you know, it's kind of funny, I guess, because like there's lots of Marxists too, but like you see all these like people with the little petty theories, you know, and uh, you also see it with like I don't know, that's one of my grievances against people like uh, um, oh, that that social ecology guy that uh, Murray Bookchin stuff like that. There's just you know, there's all these like people who I think are basically just cranks that have whole online followings now. I don't know, it's pretty funny,
1: but yeah. Remember one institution that was into nailing people into place? <laughs> the Roman Empire. <laughs> that worked out um, pretty good for a while. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty. I
0: mean,
2: I'm, well, well, thanks for saying Roman Empire instead of. Um, <laughs> I, don't know. I thought you might have taken that a different direction, but yeah. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, like you're not a fan of the of the Kurdish, Bookchinism of the. No, I don't know. I don't think that, uh,
2: yeah. Well, the Kurdish part of it is pretty funny that it became, and I think it was like some chain of thing where it was like David Harvey praised him in a book or something, and then, like, and then, so people started, it was like a worked backwards through it kind of thing. And then there's that whole democratic confederalism kind of stuff. But Bookchin himself is pretty funny because he changes his minds on things like every few years. Like he said he was like an anarchist for a while. And then he kind of shifted a bit to saying that he was a libertarian municipalist, which I don't know. I feel like stuff like that, whenever someone's like something like that, it's not... It's never going to enter the bloodstream of, like, real life uh, other than, like, kind of small experiments and stuff. Like, no, like, you're not going to see someone like Trump one day being, like, I'm a libertarian municipalist <laughs> or something. You know, like, it's just not, like, really we're going to become a real theory down the road kind of thing. I don't know. So,
1: yeah. Isn't that, like, what democratic socialism was? Is just, like, a pet idea of Michael Carrington or whatever.
2: Well, I mean, democratic socialism, I mean, yeah, in the way that they, at least that, like, was, like, a real, like, social democracy and all that like i don't know like if it was like a real thing in europe and whatever kind of thing you know at least. i mean
0: isn't that what well, democratic water... socialism basically is at least in the American, like that's what bernie is about right and yeah kind of the guy oh, it's carrying completely that different go to dsa.org and
2: figure yeah out. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually yeah it's actually dsausa.org which i always uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, i remember right. because uh it. The Democratic Socialists of America, USA, which is, you know, you can't double up America. It's already bad enough you have it in there once. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know.
0: (laughs) It's like ATM machine or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like all those little boutique ideologies are kind of like, you know, the, the whole 72 genders type thing. They're kind of like all those little genders. You know, they're, they kind of work together as like this horde of this is leftist thought you know they all they all kind of occupy a, a place in that ecosystem and they work as a collective but not it, it's not like anyone's really going to take it seriously if you have like that one particular concept or whatever
1: i think yeah. it's like uh, the wikipedia effect yeah yeah, like, yeah. a mm-hmm. lot of these things exist because there's a wikipedia page about them like that's the only reason and the only reason there is a wikipedia page is because there's a list called list of all ideologies or all socialist ideologies and then yeah. there's like you know democratic when muni- you muni- municipalism anyway. yeah,
2: libertarian municipalism but like uh the, the i think that's 100 true for democratic socialism too because uh now online everyone says to themselves like i mean like you just see constantly people saying you know social democracy and democratic socialism mean different things and it's like a you know they constantly hammer that being like no 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 social democrat means you keep capitalism but make it more fair and democratic socialist means you get rid of capitalism but it's like more democratic and stuff i think that's funny because it, that's totally an american english thing it doesn't make sense in any other country like if you're in france uh you know the socialist party is social democratic and democratic socialist like you know if you you, you can't be a member of the socialist party in France and then say yeah we're not socialist we don't consider ourselves socialist like it doesn't doesn't make sense at like a basic logical level like it's not like or like say you know the social democrats in Germany uh, they're called the social democrats they consider themselves socialist it's like it doesn't it's completely a wikipedia list thing where someone looks it up and then says you know uh, you know, that distinction doesn't exist, you know, anywhere else, especially because the thing with the infusion of all these new people in the Bernie kind of stuff is that those people that were like making those distinctions are totally swamped now by like Facebook memes that are like FDR was a socialist. Do you p- oppose him? You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the people that are like ideologues are probably like <laughs> 2% of the movement now. And then all the people who are like libraries are socialists. Those people are the most, you know, those people outnumber the Democrat DSA people like, you know, a hundred to one or something, right? So yeah.
1: Yeah, like the thing that like annoys me and has been annoying me for a long time is the nuts bowl thing, like this the stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's been like eating at me forever, but it's it's uh insane because Someone found it. It's a Wikipedia page. I'm pretty sure that's that's exactly how it works, is that if someone Googled what's the worst thing that could happen? Like what's the worst ideology? And then we're like, yeah. Oh, okay, this is it. And everyone who I don't like, every like Nick Mullen is an asshole. Like it's it's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. They found this thing. But like the thing that annoys me about this. And by the way, Rest in peace, Edward Limonov. It's that, <laughs> it's become this like I was reading Limonov like uh, the other day, oh like just now actually I was kinda of revisiting some stuff and I was like his novels are like about how he like had a lot of sex in New York City when he was an immigrant. And it's just like, oh yeah, fuck you, Nats Ball. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah, die, yeah. Nats balls come. It's just like on on yeah. the day of his death, there were like all these Americans. Uh and that's part one. Part two is that, like, there's always, like, the people that know. The people in the know. Oh, yeah, I knew Eduard Limon of, like, a, you know, I don't know, uh, Mark Ames. Uh, and they're just like, oh, yeah, he's he was completely different. You, you, don't, you don't understand. This was the other thing, you know. It's not, It wasn't fascism. Uh, and I don't, don't like those people either. It was, like, a real thing. Like, it was, like, a real party. And they were, like, really arrested and really, like, sent to jail or whatever for it. It wasn't, like, a joke.
0: I, I mean, but they didn't really do much... Right, like they didn't have a serious following. They didn't, I don't know, like they didn't go anywhere.
1: I mean, (laughs) did Bernie Sanders do much? Uh, But like, uh, I think there was a moment in Russian history when things were very fluid. Like anything could have happened. Mm. Uh, Like in the nineties and ninety six, it's just like you know they had the tanks in the streets or whatever. Uh, And like, Limonov, Limonov himself was a kind of a dummy. Like that's everyone knows that. Like he was like not uh, an ideologue or whatever. He wasn't a political philosopher or whatever. But he was kind of a very stark figure, and he he could like read a speech very well. So he it's funny charged. how much
0: he looks like Trotsky when you consider. Yeah, him. yeah.
1: Like he looks. I think. I mean, I think it's intentional. I think that's the look. Oh yeah. Yeah. It? He wants like maybe I don't know if Trotsky's the one, but he wants to look like the sort of silver fox with a little goatee. Right. He wanted. He wanted uh because he's dead uh but know. Uh, like he was very much about the looks and about like it was that genre of french literature i think that he was very deliberately trying to imitate them like oh yeah on monday i met with you know janine and then we had sex immediately and drank wine or whatever yeah uh, I, and I read one of his <laughs> yeah.
0: books and it was just so boring it it which one honestly was on- i don't remember which one it was um <laughs> is he does he have a book that's like kind of like my something
1: I think he's got a book like My Name Is. Uh, uh, it's me, Eddie. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it, it. It's me, Eddie. Uh, yeah. That's what the I read. first one. Yeah, and that one is yeah. like he was kicked out of the Soviet Union, and he just like uh, had sex a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so boring. It's honestly, it's like on the level of reading some stupid article that someone wrote. You know, it, it really there's like nothing going on in it. There's nothing interesting about it. It's just this guy, and sometimes he says things that are like, oh, uh, all these like people on the street the lowest levels of society i wish i could organize them into a some kind of revolution (laughs) and that's like the level of politics in the book and then it goes back to him being like oh and then i ran out of cigarettes and blah 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 it's just like you know
1: i think what's funny is you know if you're i said this in the chat if you have an interest in far-right literature um i don't know who would have interest in far-right literature i don't but uh all i read is uh, audacity of hope and uh, <laughs> uh what happened by hillary Rodham clinton but if you had an interest in like far-right stuff how many of their positions were completely shaped by the fact that they were like either emigres or like they had to be in jail for a while like a lot of their like especially in the 80s and 90s a lot of them had to like leave the country or go to jail uh because they outlawed anti-semitism and um You'd read all this stuff about like civil libertarianism of like, you know, we have to make sure that the freedom of speech is protected in the streets. You know, a guy like with a swastika tattoo, uh, you know, like, let's make sure that, you know, expression is never stifled. And another thing that they were into all the time until like, essentially like four years ago was, uh, uh, EU, they were really into the EU and they were really into the Eurozone because it was a way to create like a pan European, uh, unity. And one reason why they were for that is because it would allow them to emigrate back and forth. So they would be able to go on the grift circuit of like of doing like a lecture in Hungary, Hungary and then go to Romania or whatever. And then, you know, like because otherwise it's very hard because they were all criminals. <laughs> no, but what's uh, another thing, another funny thing is that like at the time, because they were so pro-EU, I think uh, uh, Jean-Marie Le Pen, the one that was Le Pen before the current one, Mm-hmm. I guess the the two current ones. Uh, he used to blast like "Ode to Joy," uh, because it was like this hymn of collective European being. So they were like, uh, the Beethoven, the Sixth Symphony, "Ode to Joy," and then and it's the hymn of the EU. It's the uh, anthem. And then mm-hmm. Macron, when he beat when he beat uh, Marine Le Pen, he blasted "Ode to Joy," <laughs> like at his at his victory <laughs> rally. And it was just like, oh, okay. There's a great line
0: in, uh, gravity's rainbow that, uh, you know, something along the lines of like, what's Beethoven good for? All it makes you want to do is invade Poland. Something like that.
1: <laughs> That's good. It's not Wagner. It's Beethoven. That's the sort of, I don't know. It's the pro European kind of weird thing.
0: Yeah. I think in the book, it was Rossini kind of representing the, uh, he, what does he call it? The, um, the preterite the like the the oppressed you know the masses and then beethoven represents the elect the the oppressors and all that yeah um okay i think this will be a good one for you what do you think of accelerationism nick land and Deleuze? uh
1: i mean i don't know i think again like there is a grift there's a grift of people on on twitter that are, like, Deleuzeans, that are, like, serious, uh, I don't know, I don't want to start any podcast beef, but, uh, I think it's The Other Life, I think, starring, uh, with, uh, Justin Murphy, Oh. And he has yeah. a book, he has a book called Base Deleuze, coming kind out. Of, uh, yeah. uh, uh, I don't know, I, I don't really have, like, a strong opinion on, on that stuff, I used to like a lot of Nick Land, uh, kind of adjacent, uh, philosophy, um, I don't think it's like, I think the hangout around it is sort of cultish, like they're cultists and they're sort of, the approach, like accelerationism is like a weird cult for people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not looking very good for accelerationism, like considering how, what's happening right now, but I don't know, maybe, maybe the world will accelerate more. It just seems like one of these things of like, especially when it comes, as to things that actually apply to the world, is that it's always, like, no matter what happens, it's always accelerationism. Right. It's the way I think, like, a lot of Marxists are also, like, no matter what happens to the economy, it's actually proving the point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the
0: uh, mechanical Turk thing, right? Yeah, like, or Walter like... Walter Benjamin.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or, like, the, um, the Michael Roberts type of, like, people, the ones that go, like, whenever the debt goes up or whenever the debt goes down, both of these things can prove that Marx was right. Yeah, yeah uh uh because you know marx is always right you start from that so like it always seems to me like oh yeah like things are getting worse always and things are getting like accelerating you know we're more patchwork than we ever are what's
0: funny about that stuff is like the marx is always right people they're trying to they have some kind of secondary goal or they have a primary goal and that's a Proving Marx right is the secondary goal. The primary goal is like, well, and therefore this politics is the correct move. With the accelerationists, I never see like anything. Like it's just really about proving themselves correct. Like it's just important that, hey, I'm the smart guy in the situation. You know, buy my book, listen to me, blah blah blah. And that's that's the end of it. So, (laughs) I don't know if that's better or worse, but that that seems to be the case.
1: Well, the left half of it, I think the like the Nick uh Cernicek? I don't know how to pronounce it, it's a uh, Croatian name thing. Uh they are like they were all in for um Corbyn, like or their version of whatever the right. social democracy revival. Yeah. And like Mark Fisher was like all in for like uh sort of electoral politics. Like they, they didn't they weren't really the they're not really the sort of sit in a room, post uh pictures from System Shock Two all day. Uh, types (laughs) yeah but then you know like they would get united with people like uh who are just like sincere like left-wingers like people who are like who were in the labor party all their life uh and they would be like yeah like have you read nick land this is obviously true like (laughs) it's it just seems to me like they all have whenever electoral politics happens everyone has the same like set of like facts more or less Mm-hmm. But they all come to these wild conclusions like, oh, no, 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 this this is really what's happening. Like people who are supporting Bernie Sanders and they're like Marxists uh and people who are just like a nurse, like in, in, I don't know, rural Ohio or whatever, they're not like they came to the same, like they read the same things and they came to wildly different conclusions. It's just odd to me. It just took you like a degree and like 25,000 books to come to like to go and vote for a politician. I don't know. It just, seems like, <laughs> yeah. it just seems like you know like especially for like nick land like supporting trump or whatever it just seems so like a guy could just be a trucker or whatever and he'd just be a trump voter but you right. tortured yourself in 50 different ways to arrive at this like oh yeah i'm, I'm triggering the libs but also i'm advancing the patchworkification of the world uh,
0: you got any takes on this donald
1: um,
2: yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I've only read a little bit of Deleuze like, and, uh, a little things around him like that. The Nick Land stuff, I could never, I could never like, uh, um, dive into. Like, I just, it just seemed like total strange to me kind of thing. I don't know. I only, the only thing I ever remembered about him was the, uh, the Rizzone comment someone made that was, uh, Nick Land. Isn't that what we did to the Indians? So, <laughs> and, uh, I thought that was good. And then, uh, the, yeah, to lose, I don't know. It's like one of those things where it's strange because it's all about like generating concepts and like sort of like a constant flow forward of stuff kind of thing. Like, so it's odd that it gets kind of frozen online into these, you know, I don't know, like, uh, systems that people then use to, you know, feel, like they're at the front of something kind of thing. I don't know. Like it's right. like a, it's a, it's strange that, yeah, it seems like, it seems almost like the benefit of that kind of philosophy of like just constant generation and forward movement and stuff is that it would be that you can just not deal with that kind of thing. You could just kind of do your own thing and, uh, you know, I don't know, not get stuck in these weird online ghettos kind of thing. I don't know. So, yeah.
0: Yeah there was a a one moment in time when I thought that whole thing was going somewhere when there was like a debate between the vitalists and the anti-vitalists and stuff and then that didn't really do much and at this point I I kind of feel similarly to both of you guys and I I I like when th- these people in those circles just kind of indulge in it for what it is like i like uh reza Nagaristani he never really talks about anything that i can i don't know I, he never seems to be talking about the real world like it's just like almost like this like sci-fi kind of stuff like he's talking about these concepts i never have any idea what those concepts really are uh but he just sort of assumes that you know what he's talking about and it's just sort of like fun to try to get a sense of what he's talking about. I really you know his book Cyclonopedia is a lot of fun. Uh but when when it comes to like the the Mark Fishers and, and all that, like I have nothing against them at all. But it, it does seem to be exactly like what you were saying that it kinda like boils down into like why did you have to read five thousand books to decide to vote for like an, to make this like obvious political move, you know?
1: Yeah and like related to that is that I think there's a thing in sports, if you're a sports fan, um, you both are, I you know, like, watch baseball. And if you support a team that's not very strong, you, like, when the big game is coming up, you know you're probably going to lose. But yeah. you kind of you kind of psych yourself up into thinking, oh, I'm going to win still. You know, like, you know, it's it's going to still be, you know, it's going to be one of those one in a thousand events that yeah. the team wins and goes to playoffs or whatever. That's a rookie uh, move,
0: though. You got to, you can't do that. Like, as a Mariners fan, that's, you can't do that. <laughs>
1: but like I think like elections are like that is that like no matter who you're supporting like to really actually care about it in the way that like twitter makes you care you have to kind of go into like psychosis mode like you have to like just have like completely unreasonable beliefs about like what's going to happen how it's going to happen yeah and it kind of draws people in it's like a a, I don't know like one of those gyres in the sea where it just like draws everyone to the center. And it's impossible to resist almost. Um, I think like the Bernie campaign and the Sanders campaign, like the uh, Corbyn campaign were like this. They were like just completely attracted into them. People that were wildly, wildly different. They had these insane ideas about the world. But still, you know, you're just voting for a politician. You know?
0: Yeah, I, I wonder how much of, you know, people talk a lot about how much of the Bernie Sanders thing it's with young people, right? Like they're really excited about him. And I wonder how much of that is sustainable because as they get older, I mean, I, I I am optimistic about it, but I also wonder how much of that is going to just wear off because people are going to be like, Oh, you can't just get super excited about something. And then it just happens because you got excited. And so, you know, how much of that is going to peel away as those people age?
1: Yeah. And the thing about Bernie, right And this is, I I said this, I think, about something else before. We're talking about in the chat about something else. But let's say you were like someone whose child uh, got really sick, right? And the healthcare industry was just completely fucking you. It's just like completely, you know, you have to pay millions of dollars to keep your child alive. And it's like lizards from the healthcare insurance, you know, they're constantly at you all the time. And all you want to do, like, you know, you throw everything at it. You throw your income, you throw your family's income, you throw your wife's income, everything that just goes to, you know, to support the child and to make sure that he survives and, and then he dies. Right. Like, uh, it's just to me, like, that's such a like monumental horrible thing to happen. Um, and at the end, it's like this, like almost like literary tragedy of like your whole life, got destroyed, ruined by healthcare, you know, and at the end, you have to pay more and you just like, they, they just keep coming. There's no way to end it. And at the end, you'll just vote for a politician and it will go away. Uh, I don't know. Like, it's always, it's like a, a Bernie ex machina thing of like, you know, uh, it's like, you know, like if you read like um, Anna Karenin or something, you know, like this horrible thing that's completely like ruining you, that's completely like eating away at you, like costing, you know, caustic acid that's just burning you uh, and just at the end the only resolution can be like either i don't know like it has to be death like it, it, there's no like in in you know 18th century german literature 19th century russian literature like at the end you either die or you die symbolically you die either like physic like expressly the character dies or kills like in a duel or something or or you die like figuratively you lose your like essence that like that vibration of the string of the world that makes you like attuned to love and and you know like generative energies or whatever that you like you took like the plot of anna Karenina, like she's about to like step on the rail you know like you know the train's about to hit her the world is like moving inexorably like on the track towards catastrophe and then at the end she just votes for bernie and it just all goes away like i don't know like to me i don't know like it, it doesn't seem right like <laughs> that's that's not really what it's not really resolving the issue uh for, like, the thing I saw for Corbin was, like, this, like, son of a minor during the strikes. And, like, his father got, like, beaten by the, like, got, you know, like, beaten so badly by the riot police he couldn't walk. Right? And he's just like, oh, yeah, and then then I just, you know, like, I'm going to vote for Corbin. That's it. it just I, I remember they did it to me. You know, the politicians that are in charge right now. Yeah. And, you know, like, I know they did it. They very directly did it. They cheered for it. They laughed, you know, as my father, like, was know made into like a cripple be- and and oh i'll just vote for corbin
2: yeah yeah I and, no, and not see. only that yeah and not only that but i also feel like you know it, to kind of combine the two things is that uh you know someone voting for like say someone that lives in vermont that has problems getting health care or whatever stuff like that like you know ha, you know there's theoretically someone that has been voting for bernie since like 1983 or something right or or 1985 or something just and uh, or even for congress since 1990 or whatever and uh, every year he's been telling them you keep voting for me and uh, i'm going to bring in medicare for all and all this stuff right i mean people are like you know he's he's consistent he's been selling the same message the whole time and uh, i mean at some level you know after a certain point you got to feel pretty pathetic that you're one outlet politically is voting for this guy every two to six years or something right like that says he's gonna get you Medicare who uh, never does until you actually age out to 65 or whatever right so it's like it's it's this strange like uh you know people get really excited about it every few years and then it's like you know I don't know I just feel like uh, there's something pathetic about it that you have to you have to accept at some level that like uh, you know it's just it seems so powerless. No, just try it next time. Yeah. We'll just try
1: it next season. There's always next season. It's yeah. always going to happen. It's going to happen, yeah. baby. It's all.
2: Yeah. Uh, so I feel like, uh, I, I think it's fine to have the same, like, you know, I probably have almost identical beliefs to people that do that, but I kind of think of it, I was saying it was almost like uh, some old like youth brigades or something kind of thing, you know, like uh, like people, uh, you know, putting in all this extra labor on weekends or whatever kind of thing, like, thinking that they were storming production or something, you know, and it's like to get Bernie a few extra votes. And it's like, I don't know. I think that that's something that it's, it's, it goes in waves where people just they're like new to politics in a certain way or something. And then they get really excited about it. And then those are the people that, as you said, like they burn out pretty quickly. Like they, they find other things to do. Cause they're like, Oh uh, yeah, maybe I'll show up and vote for Bernie every two years or six years or whatever. But uh beyond that they're like i've already gotten proof in my life that this is not helping me in the way that i thought it would or something so yeah i don't know
1: and the thing like about bernie also like that healthcare stuff is that they keep wheeling out these people that are like you know you've, you've probably seen the ad of like a guy who's like his lung function is like 20% and he's dying but he's still like in for bernie you know and like all these guys that are like oh yeah i'm a former you know air force veteran and i don't have healthcare i tried to take my life but then bernie came along you know and he you know, he's gonna fix my health care. And you think like, okay, I guess it didn't work out for you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's- again, like if you're an American, right? <laughs> I don't know, like you know they have like names. You know, these people have names. Like Joe Biden has a name and he has an address and he's going to be in public at some point. Well, they bleed now, just like us,
0: people. I'm not <laughs> recommending anything, I don't but know. they also bleed.
1: Yeah, but like, you know, your child died and the insurance is trying to like bleed you out for $3 million. I don't know. I feel like I would have something else other than just to vote. Or like I would yeah. just have like, you know. <laughs> it's We got it's, a lot of guns
0: in this country and there's about to be a lot of desperate people, you know what I'm saying?
1: I know, like it's just like Oh, I guess it didn't work out for vote for Bernie. I guess I'll just go back to my life to tomorrow. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's like the injury remains there. Like even if Bernie got elected, it wouldn't fix it. Your child's dead, right? Like it's not you're dead, you know, you lost your lungs. You know, like I don't know, like it's just to me, okay, I voted and he got elected and he didn't do anything because you know, he couldn't because the healthcare industry said no. Uh i don't know like to me it's just like okay oh well, better luck like next time join dsa.org or dsa usa.org yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> forward slash join <laughs> yep yeah. uh,
0: well uh, that's that's why we call the podcast you can't win you know that's, that's <laughs> what it is
1: but you can win if you have a gun <laughs> okay. So. And you can be a winner. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, I think the FBI is going to shut us down if we continue <laughs> this path any further. So uh, oh. let's wrap it up here. Thanks for coming on again, Ed Buck.
1: And right. no problem. All right. Thanks. Thanks nice for having me.
0: Yep. Thanks for listening, yep. guys. Uh, you can join the Patreon, as I mentioned earlier. You get a second episode every week. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks, Ed.